COVID. We'll just touch on COVID in general here. I've got some... I'm, I'm just fucking fed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what your take on the Texas thing is. Let's, let's rip it on up, everybody. It's Friday, March 12th. The year is 2021. I almost said it was 2020, David. Uh, we're just we're just crawling on by here. It's we've we've seen two Blue Jays ball games halfway through March and spring training. We don't know what's going on with the team. We're watching we're watching game days. We're watching v- webcams. We've got just a blank field cam set up you can sort of see what's going on that's a new new thing here we're uh we david and i we just watched game two uh the second game that's been broadcast this season we had to suffer through whatever that was we had to suffer through the announcers i don't know their names but we we, we've been uh just bitching about how boring they were uh how how I think their names were uh, Nyquil and Gravel. <laughs> Man, they were fucking boring right from the start. As soon as they start talking, it's they, they leave too much space between their words. They're monotone, and they say nothing of interest. And I was saying to Jacob, and I think that this is worth saying, we have it really lucky as Blue Jays uh, fans uh, with, with you know as much crap as we can give Buck and Tabby with Dan Schulman. All of our options are good and so much better than a lot of teams in the in the big leagues. And you don't fully appreciate it until you listen to the Pittsburgh uh, broadcast. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I was just so jazzed going into the day. I'm so uh, unhappy now after, after watching that. You know, I was so excited. <laughs> Yay, we've got a game. There's a game on television on sports and there's going to be audio that isn't i mean i mean even radio it's been it's i i ended up buying the mlb audio for the month i was like all right i guess if if there's going to be no uh broadcasts on tv i'm gonna i'm gonna be listening to other teams radio broadcasts and there's been like two or three of those so far i think only two detroit everyone no no one else is doing radio broadcasts either like i i I guess it's not just the blue jays there is there's a shortage of broadcasts happening across the major leagues right now in spring training no one cares they don't care about us it's tough man it's tough it's tough to get into it it's really it's really tough to to find your that little spark of excitement with the with the team because no sport is that interesting to just watch a stat line or to watch a game day cartoon mm-hmm. uh, app tell you like you know when you see the blue dot and it's like in play runs and you're like what is it what is it and 30 seconds later it's like a run scores yes. by an error and you're like fuck um so I'm, I'm, that's what i'm saying like and and Look, I don't think it's great to come on a baseball podcast and say, oh, I'm not excited about baseball, but I just want to say that to get that out there. Like if other people are feeling this, it's not that I don't love baseball. It's just that this is such an unfortunate start to the the viewing experience of this team that had such an yeah. amazing offseason. It's, not your, it's <laughs> not your fault. It's not your fault. The excitement has not yeah. been cultivated the excitement was there. It was huge. We got two huge guys on this team to watch, and 
there's been no opportunity in case in case you guys out there listening don't know that I mean I've already said it twice now this is the second second game that's been broadcast there's going to be a total of 10 I think in the last week they're doing like five as they kind of gear up for for uh, the the regular season starting on April 1st but so so there's hardly any broadcasts happening um, and not only that come regular season radio broadcast gone we knew that Mike Wilner had already been fired We're like okay there's they're gonna bring in someone else to replace him nope we're just getting rid of it entirely and we're just gonna throw the the audio feed from from Dan and Buck and Tabby on the radio so uh, no one can be happy well here here's what I thought when when that first happened I was you know I think like a lot of people hurt like irate how could you take something so sacred away from us those those summer nights when I'm walking home from work or on a long road trip and I'm listening to the radio and there's that romance of baseball on the radio and just picturing it and the and who's ever calling the game making you feel like you're there but what I wonder is once the season starts and we experience this simulcast if it's going to be as big a deal and one of the reasons I think that is because I think that if there's anybody on the planet that can do a simulcast that favors both the radio listener and the TV listener, it's Dan Schulman. And I know he doesn't do every game, but the man's done a ton of radio baseball. He's done a ton of TV. He He's just, he's really good at what he does. And I would put uh, it all on him to make that uh, an experience. I've heard him talk about it. He says he's <laughs> he doesn't not know sure what he's going to do. do. Now, if it's just... <laughs> Yeah, totally. And it, but if it was Buck and Tabby, oh man, that could be rough. I feel like something incredible would happen, and you'd just hear a lot of like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe what I just saw. I can't believe that either." What a great like, play! Hey, what? <laughs> what? What happened? What? <laughs> you just hear all these like thousands of people across the country screaming. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I do agree with you. Dan Schulman is great. I'm sure he'll 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 do a job. He'll make it palatable. But like. I, I got to thinking, you know, I'm in the shower one night, I'm I'm steaming about this, you know, and I was thinking, which, like, which guy off the 20, no, off the 40, like, can we just cut someone and take their salary, like, and use that to pay for, like, like let's, let's say, I don't know, I was thinking maybe Liriano, we just don't sign him, we use that money, like, I don't know, uh, let's ballpark here how much, how much Is- buck... Uh, gets paid over the course of a season. I'm gonna guess like he's like 500k to broadcast a season. Does that seem fair to you? Yeah. Who Buck? Oh man, he's making way more yeah. than that. He must be making a million way more to be a broadcaster. That. No. He's been doing it for like 165 <laughs> still, years. Like he's not a player. <laughs> you know. Oh man, he he's a TV star. He's a TV I get that. star. I get in, that. In, in, in not even just in uh, Canada, like he he does um, uh, American broadcasts of games sure. from time to time as well. I, I I would be shocked if it was only five hundred. Okay, so, but I don't know. Is it is it money though that that's why they've canceled this? Or are they just trying to funnel everybody in to get their TV well, packages? Isn't that also money? What do you mean? I mean that's them making right. money, not them caring about paying Ben Wagner eighty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I I I would have I had assumed that it was a money saving thing. I, I can't imagine that it's to I mean what what does the radio have to like we can still listen to them do it on the radio. 
Sure, but it, it might be just that they're throwing out that bone, but it won't be a satisfying experience, and so they want it to be able to listen to it on TV. I know that doesn't really make that much sense, but I, I do think that it's it's also just like a dying a dying um, form. It's it's like the newspaper. Why like why couldn't they have just said to George Springer? Uh, Here's a hundred forty nine million two hundred thousand, and then used whatever that money was to give it to a couple dudes to get on the radio. I just I don't think the radio guy's salary is so significant that that's what this is just about. It might be a factor. It just it just doesn't seem to me that that's what the main driving point of it would. Be. Well, it's confusing, right? Because. You know, I've heard people, I think Caitlin McGrath, I, I was listening to her on uh, uh, the what podcast. It's some podcast that wasn't a, a Blue Jays podcast, but she's on there talking about the, the, the Blue Jays. And she's saying that it's, it's confusing because it's, uh, we assume that it's actually a Sportsnet thing and it's Sportsnet money that is being cut back. And that's why there's, there's lots of cutbacks happening in sports media across across all sports and but it's odd because rogers owns sportsnet and the blue jays and so it's it's hard for me to imagine the blue jays coming out there and and saying hey yeah that's fine get get rid of the radio broadcast that's fine we don't need spring training coverage like i, I it seems like they just do not care about the fans in this in this regard well i don't think they've ever cared about the fans more than they've cared about money. So I don't think that's necessarily new. I think maybe teams are just looking for ways to maybe maybe it's cut costs in the in this short term just to try to recoup some money that was lost over the last year. But it is a bad look, right? Because you go out and you get these you get these players and you have a fan base and you have people who are sitting at home and fed up with everything and they want to watch their team that they've been waiting for all winter. We've come out of this horrible winter and we just want to watch. But they also know that whatever they do, we will still tune in on opening I know. day. That's <laughs> that's the thing that really like I, I, I get so upset about is that there's really nothing we can do. I go on Twitter, I see lots of people tweeting out a rage they are how how awful this is and yet it's there's there's nothing that we can do about it and no, we will just continue to tune in on april 1st and forget about all of it and they go on and pocket some more money yeah there's 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 maybe there's some people out there that are like you know what fuck you then i'm never watching again i doubt it because it's yeah. still and and they also know that they can do that because of the off season that they've that they've given us. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it is something to do with the with the TV trying to get more people to buy sportsnet packages. I don't I don't get that because for me it's like if I can, I'm going to watch it on TV. You know, like listening to the radio is not usually like my top choice. It's like I'm doing something. Um and and I'm also, being like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna tune in in the car while I'm going to groceries, or I'm gonna pop in my earbuds while I'm in the grocery store, and it's a way that I can continue to intake the game, and I guess I still will. But that's, I guess, also um, the way what I feel about the simulcast thing is, is that if you're listening on the radio, it is because you're doing something else, and so 
the detail of a good radio broadcast isn't necessarily that important because you're somewhat preoccupied usually when you're listening to the game anyway. So you just sort of want the bones of it. It's like, who's up? What's the score? How many outs? What's the count? What inning is it? And, you know, a little story here and there. And and you'll get it. You'll get the whole thing. And I think that there's not many people that are like sitting on their porch in a rocking chair just listening to the whole game intently anymore. And if there are, they're willing to lose that. It's a different generation, right? Yeah. (laughs) But but it's confusing because it doesn't feel like they're doing anything to bring in a new generation of young people. It's like, all right, it's all old (laughs) white men that love baseball. Let's uh, let's just screw over i don't know 15 percent of the uh, those old white dudes that like listening to the to the game in their garage while they're fixing their cars or whatever they're doing uh, <laughs> well i'm just trying so hard not to make a joke about covid oh god Stop oh what me. is the joke <laughs> no just that they don't need to uh cater to that demographic because they're all dead <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah well that's a that's a that is a great segue if I've ever heard one, David. Because we wanted to talk about the report of uh, Texas Rangers Arlington. Uh, they're announcing that um, on their home opener, with which happens to be against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays going to be in town in Arlington, full capacity crowds. It's going to be fifty thousand or something on hand to watch the Blue Jays and the Rangers start off the season down in Texas. What do you think about that, David? You know, it's 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 a shocking thing. It feels so unnecessary, I guess, when I when I first hear it. And I heard the CEO of the Rangers, Neil something, he was like, oh, we're going to have these protocols in place. Uh, so everyone's going to be safe and it won't be a super spreader event. Uh, you have to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking, which is always. All you have yeah. to do <laughs> is have a beer in your hand and you can basically torch your mask and throw it in the aisle. Who doesn't have something with them at a baseball game? Popcorn. Uh, chips. You want me to name all the food? Um, so it's it's going to be a super spreader event. Now, what I was thinking, is this going to affect the Blue Jays? And my initial thought was, no, of course not. Why would it affect the Blue Jays? I don't get that close to the fans. It's not going to... Fans are going to spit in the eyes and the mouths of these these players. But it's all the staff. It's all of the – Ross Atkins is going to be there, apparently. Shapiro said Ross Atkins is probably going to be there. So he's going to be walking around in the stadium and around these people. Now I'm sure that there's protocols in place for the way that you travel through the building and for uh, – but – 50,000 people is 50,000 people and 50,000 Texans is 50,000 Texans with no masks and and obviously also their entire state is just open. Hmm. So it's not like outside of this game everyone's adhering to uh, good safety protocols. No, it's like a fucking orgy in the entire <laughs> state. Masks optional inside. Yeah, and and restaurants are full capacity. Bars are full capacity, like I, like movie theaters, all that stuff. It's all full capacity. Now, it's only opening day that they're doing this for. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought so they were just it was just open season. 
No, it's just opening day, and then the next two games <laughs> against the Blue Jays. So it's just kind of like, we want to make a statement. We want to open up our stadium. Let's have a party. Yeah, it's just we're trying to tell the world, fuck you, COVID, and we're going to be the first ones to do this. Pew, pew, that's my gun. And so then, but the next couple games, it's like, it's not like what other teams are doing, like 10% or whatever. It's more than that, but it's not full. Um. Okay, well, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um. I guess my thought, I, I'm just kind of spinning here with COVID. You know, uh, we we've been doing this podcast for almost a year now. The 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 Go Bear Day has happened, where the NBA shut down. And it felt like COVID kind of hit America, and we all started quarantines started happening. The, the so, you know, I, I I've gone crazy. You've gone crazy. <laughs> we're all, we're all <laughs> fucked up here, and. I feel like this summer is going to be different. First of all, like I'm just going to say, like let's get these Blue Jays back in in the Rogers Center as soon as possible. Like we can figure it out, right? So, we can get these guys in the airport. We can do some tests. We can get some rapid shit happen. Let's get the Blue Jays. Like uh, let's get them here for opening day. I don't know. Well, well, that is something crazy about this Texas thing, which is one of the things where I was saying um, it's, it makes me feel a bunch of different things. Is that it is also sort of exciting. It's like, huh? Like there's a possibility of old life somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere in the world. I was having old life again. What would Jacob? Here's the deal. You get to go to the Blue Jays opening day at the Rogers Center, full stadium, no masks. You going? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> At this point, I'm going because you, you know what, and I, and I think like I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna regret like having this discussion on on, on record for the rest of my life, depending oh, on what happens. Just say No, I am, and I am, and I am. I just feel like like people are getting vaccinated now, right? And especially Not in, in Canada. States, like, Oh, well, that's what I'm talking about, especially in the States. They've got 33 million already vaccinated in the United States. That's the population of Canada yeah, in the United States has been vaccinated. Almost, right? Yeah. One in four adults. I saw I saw uh, the vice president tweeted out yesterday has a COVID vaccination. And so my thinking is like, you know, things can get a bit... I've been so good this whole year. You know, this summer more and more people like the people like my grandfather has a, an appointment to be vaccinated like the more and more that people who are at risk are vaccinated the more that we can just let our guard down a little bit you know we can go and have the dome open and yeah. and have 25 percent capacity to watch a baseball game like come on It's a great point because, I mean, a lot of the fear is what you might do to somebody else. Yeah. And if you take that fear away where it's like, I'm not going to get, you know, I don't live in a province where my family lives, but let's say, you know, I'm around my dad or my mother or, you know, I don't have any grandparents anymore, but, uh, you know, I don't want to make other people sick. So if you told me only I'll get sick, I'll take that risk. Yeah, that's that's for me this whole time. I've just been trying to be a good citizen. I've been trying to not kill people. And taken that very seriously, but now where we're at the point where it's like the likelihood of of people dying is so slim that it's that it's now bec- going to be not dissimilar to a flu or or that. It's like all right now now I can start thinking about life being normal again, and part of that is. <laughs> 
uh, being outside around people, you know? It, it is really interesting how it's sort of flipped where there was a good while during this pandemic where we were kind of like, oh, God, the states. Oh, my God. Like, look what they're going through. And I think pretty soon here it's going to be like, oh, look at the states. <laughs> yeah, Their life is normal and we're still in fucking lockdown and I can't go to a bar. I can't get my hair cut. Yeah. Can't can't do anything can't even go outside like it's beautiful <laughs> weather out today yesterday 16 degrees yesterday i would have loved to have gone and sat on a pad. i probably would have blown away the, the wind has been insane <laughs> but uh you know what i mean i do there's got to be a bit of give here do you think that the and this is you know it's impossible to know but do you think that because mark shapiro was sort of just um being a little uh careful with what he was saying about how he felt about texas opening up the stadium do you think that he's playing a political game with canada where he doesn't want to say that he agrees with what texas is doing because it'll look bad towards what canada is doing do you think mark shapiro deeply wishes that that roger center would just open the doors well i think he has to wish at least that they would open the doors to them if not to us yeah like like i that's just still what's blowing my mind that we can't figure out how like we know that hundreds of thousands of people are crossing the border. You oh, know, yeah. we know we know that we can figure out to have professionals with an in, insane amount of money and uh, people that can be paid to figure out how to make it safe, make but this that's happen. That's the thing. It's the optics of it. It's like, oh, the millionaires get uh, vaccinated first. And, you know, like, welcome to living. That's what it's like. This is just a representation of that. This is no different than anything They don't else. even need to be vaccinated. Just don't let them into the country if they have COVID. Why don't we start with that? Yeah, but then, but the do, case, do then some you run tests. into the thing of other people being like, well, they're allowed to do it. We're all going to do it. Hey, life's normal again. You know, it's just the way that they're trying to keep a certain narrative to keep people in check. They're trying so hard to keep us in check and keep us in the corner all the time that they're actually not making the most logical decisions because they're so worried about keeping us in the corner. Yeah, well, I mean, why not use the same principles that everyone else uses and they've already used on us with what we're talking about earlier? Do it, let the outcry happen, and let the outcry fade away as baseball players <laughs> and start playing baseball and everyone's loving going to the Rogers Center, paying, paying 150 bucks to get into the stadium and sit in the 500 level now. There was a, these uh, videos, I guess. I didn't see them. I just heard somebody talking about it in Australia where uh, people have been going to these live events, these music shows, and they've been getting these really overwhelming emotional reactions, like breaking down kind of like what it's like to be around people. And I think about what it would be like to walk into the Rogers Center, to walk through the gate and just see that you know, shitty turf just lined right down there on the field. Maybe the roof's open. You could see the CN Tower. And like, man, I'm getting goosebumps even just thinking about it right now. I can totally appreciate that it is an emotional thing once you can experience something like that again. Because that's yeah. beyond going to a buddy's house. That's beyond going for a walk. That's beyond, you know, sitting at a bar. That's like a really large communal experience that we haven't even had a sniff of for over a year. Yeah, imagine that and then start to extrapolate. Think about, you know, it's the ninth inning and George Springer hits a walk-off oh, home run yeah. or something and like people, you like looking around, everyone's hyped, you're looking, like you're making new friends in a moment and you're like high-fiving, like, oh my God, should we be high-fiving? I don't even care, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, I'm that's, sanitizing. <laughs> that's going to be the joke for a while. Or a talking point, at least, if not, if not a source of humor. Yeah. But, like, let's, let's get this... Let's get some needles in some goddamn arms. What is happening? Can you, do you know, like, I haven't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Every day I I'm hear all these, the like, millions and thousands of vaccines that are on a plane somewhere coming into our country. But yeah, nobody's got them. They said they uh, now bought 38 million of the Johnson & Johnson's one-shot vaccine. Well, there's not even 38 million Canadians, and they also <laughs> have all these other vaccines. So let's chow down on these fucking vaccines and get this shit done. Yeah. But can you explain to me what the problem is? Like, I don't know. You know? I think I, I think it's just like. <laughs> Does anyone know? <laughs> no, I have no idea. I, I have I have no idea what the holdup is, other than I don't think we're first in line to get these, and we're just sort of waiting. But remember, like, didn't I, I thought there was this whole thing where we had bought more than we needed? You well, know, basically what I just said is that we have more than we need, <laughs> but for some reason they don't exist. And this is like a, a thing in the future and the future will have a bunch once right. everybody else gets them. We've bought the rights to future vaccines. <laughs> is that yeah. what you're telling me? Yeah. Cause I'm We've still got prospects. Hearing, I'm still hearing <laughs> like September. Right. For this shit. Right. Like September, maybe in September, if you leave the house without your mask you won't have to run home and get it maybe okay okay well let's see let's see i don't know i i, I i'm just at a loss here i guess let, let's 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 just touch a bit back on the blue jays again here before we start to wrap up i know we've we've spent a lot of time talking about covid but uh it's needed you know but uh i mean Today's game, I was like, I'm gonna take some some notes, some some quick hits, like and and you know, not much happened. I, I I'm upset about the lineup that we were given today, especially knowing like, you know, why don't we just why don't we just push yesterday's lineup to today when we know that that you know, ten five million Canadians maybe. Uh, that's probably <laughs> probably a massive reach. A million Canadians <laughs> I don't can can watch our, the majority of our starting lineup hit. That we can let these. Yesterday was insane. I was watching on the field cam. Um, it was it was open season for our offense, and it's just insane to think what is going to happen when those guys get to feast every single day, day after day. Our our offense is ridiculous. It was ten nothing after three innings yesterday. It's so tough because when I was looking at the the replays, a lot of those uh, bombs were just like fastballs, belt high right down the middle of the plate. And so you don't know, like, who's fucking up? Are like, the pitchers just really bad? Or are they working on stuff? Uh, who knows? But it's definitely, definitely, as I was saying to you yesterday, the thing that excites me the most, and I know I say this a lot, it'll always just excite me the most, is Vladdy. Vladdy starting to become the offensive player that we want him to be and i'm i'm done with the third base first base i don't give a shit anymore yeah. do not give a shit if, if they told me he was a first baseman five years ago i'd be like who cares i'm just done with it it's just yeah. not it's just it's just because we think he's failed at something and we don't like that out of our chosen one and whatever he's a first baseman let's move on it's also empathy, right? We feel like that's what he wanted, so we want yeah. him to get what he wants, and we know that he works hard, and it's like, you know, it's like our kid. You know, we want him to do well. We want him to get what he wants to succeed, and it feels like third base has been 
so wrapped up in that. And it, maybe it's going to be a relief. In case anyone didn't hear, um, they've effectively told Vlad that that his his number one priority, again, it's like our yearly tradition now, like tell Vlad <laughs> he's a first baseman. <laughs> Charlie Montoya announces it, and they're like, okay, Vlad, you your new goal is to become a gold glove first baseman. And I think that's a great goal for him. But also he's he's 22 and things happen. Life goes down many different paths. Crazy things like viruses that decimate a nation happen. Like Vladdy could be a third baseman. We don't know. We don't know what happens injury-wise. We don't know. We, we just don't know. Right now he's a first baseman. Good. Yeah. I mean, he played third base today on TV. Uh, <laughs> he did. Um, so I guess that may happen here and there throughout the season i didn't even notice like did did a single play come to him today there was one play and um it might have been the first inning where there was a runner on third and thomas hatch tried a pickoff move and oh yeah threw the ball and <laughs> i was like i was like oh my god was that vladdy's fault oh my god and then when they showed the replay it wasn't oh. a great throw by hatch but i could just see the weight on vladdy it was like and you know i'm projecting this onto him but the camera was on vladdy and it's just this pressure of third base and just like, I was like, don't get this kid in his head. Why would you try that pickoff move with him on third base? If he takes that to the plate, I'm going to freak out. Just let him be. He, he was like six feet off the bag when Hatch steps off and is starting to throw. And then Hatch throws it to the left of the third bag. So he, it's he like did, it was, there was no, no chance for him to get that. Unless it was um, a known play that Vladdy just wasn't there for. Right. <laughs> right. Which I don't but think like, it was, but it's, it's possible. It's possible that there's some sort of signaling going on or some gesture or something where Vladdy, like if a normal third baseman saw Hatch's um, you know, momentum go towards the bag or saw Hatch stuck and having to commit to that pickoff would have ran to third quicker than vladdy where vladdy was like what's happening isn't there like usually a number of signals like the catcher looks over and and like the bench coach t touches his hat and his nose and his ear like five times and then danny jansen touches his helmet and his does like the macarena behind the plate and then they're like okay we're doing that thing like they don't just it might have just also been that you used to be able to fake a, a pickoff throw to third, but you're not allowed to anymore. So Hatch, right, might, have, Hatch might have been like, "Oh fuck, I have to throw it." Oop. And then yeah, that's what I that's what I hope happened. I hope it wasn't like, "Laddie," right? Well, as we've said, it doesn't matter because he doesn't have to win that job. He's not going to win the job. Kevin Biggio is the third baseman of Toronto, and you know, according to what people have written from like live accounts like it's like like we're we're reading letters again of like people who are at a game to figure out what happened based on well we're also reading letters of people who aren't even at the game who are just hearing it from people in the clubhouse right yes yeah the game of telephone is getting a little crazy at this point it's a little painful but um vladdy's i don't know is he still hitting 500 he was hitting 500 coming into today i guess he wouldn't be he he uh he had he had a walk and a, a ground or a pop fly or a foul out or something. He looked like in that that at bat when he got out, it was like he just looked bored. Like he was as bored as we all were watching. He just wanted to get <laughs> it over, and he he tried to turn so hard on a ball that was so far in. And like 
Yeah, no chance. Uh, I just feel like no one cared today, you know? You just see Lord Guriel like, to say he doesn't care isn't isn't fair. It was a strange play, but inside the park, home run happened. There was like, four hits in the whole game. The Pain- They didn't call that an inside the park home run, did they? That wasn't an error on Guriel? Oh, no, it was. A four, it was like a four-bag error. <laughs> It, I mean, it was a funny moment because anybody didn't watch the game. A fly ball was hit to Guriel. He thought it was in his glove and kept running towards the fence, realized that he dropped the ball, nonchalantly kind of just jogged over, thinking that like it, it was still an out, and then <laughs> launched it in. And, and David Phelps kind of used did you see the camera on Phelps kind of looking out at him like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> I didn't see that camera. <laughs> I didn't see it, but... Uh... I mean, he still almost got him out. It was like the, the fact that it was close and that he can just uh, has that cannon of an arm to throw it from the wall, basically to to the cutoff man who's like inside the the diamond. Do you want to say anything about uh, my um, prediction of Stephen Matz being the comeback player of the year? And now also, I've added Robbie Ray into that mix. Maybe a joint award for both. Robbie Ray and Steven Matz being co-comeback players of the year, both in the Toronto Blue Jays uh, starting rotation. Are you any further, are you any closer to me on that than you were the last time I said it, maybe, I don't know, two weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, there's there's an error. Yes. The media, the it's <laughs> spreading around. Steven Matz, you know, and I don't know. There was there was some other broadcaster, maybe it was the Detroit guy, he he seemed to love Steven Matz, and everyone's talking about how he needed this this change of scenery. I still think it's bogus, and he'll probably be slightly below average to well below average. Um, but you know the the game day told me strikeout, <laughs> strikeout. Uh, <laughs> so he's gotten a couple strikeouts, I guess. I don't think I don't think he's he, hasn't, had a, he hasn't let up a run. Let up a run. He has not let up a run in three innings pitched, Jacob. Three innings pitched, no runs. Okay. So is he your favorite pitcher on the team? Does it go Nate Pearson, then <laughs> Steven Matz? No. Number one is Tanner Roark. Uh, number two, uh, Tanner Roark uh, gave a credit to Alejandro Kirk for his fine catching yesterday, saying he loves to throw to him and saying that he always is on the same page and knows how... Uh, a game should be called. And I was thinking that that's a nice call out for Kirk, maybe a dig to Jansen. But then I also thought, who gives a sweet hellish fuck about what Tanner Roark has to say about, because <laughs> that always just also feels like Tanner Roark trying to cast blame somehow. Like, he, like, oh, if Kirk had been on the team last year, I wouldn't have been such trash. Well, I, I don't know. That's the second, second pitcher now who's complimented Alejandro Kirk behind the play, right? Robbie Ray was was uh, praising him a lot last season. I think it's at this point like Kirk's got to be on the team, right? Well, I would love him on the team. Of course, I would. I don't know if he's going to be on the team, but I would love him on the team because you don't want him on the team playing once a week. No. If you if he's on the team, like I, he he should I mean, he should be the starting catcher. Then. <laughs> Like, what do you do with Danny Jansen? Yeah, man. The the starting catcher. Dude, he's hitting like 900, and he weighs like 850. I think if he's on the team, there's no way he's catching Ryu. Jansen's catching Ryu. It took him a year to figure out how to do it. He's still not good at it, probably. So so, uh, I think it's just all lining up perfectly. Ray likes throwing to Kirk. Roark likes throwing to Kirk. That's two of the five pitchers. 
So, and then he's going to DH maybe once or twice a week. Then that's that's four out of seven times that he's in the lineup. And there's so many moving parts on this. Like, and it gets to be such a headache because when you say Kirk DHs, then it's like, oh, what do you do with Rowdy? Oh, what do you do with Vladdy? Oh, I don't know what to do. What do you do with Randall? Yeah. It's such a, it's such a, a web. Well, I imagine that it'll, I mean, like they say, it'll take care of itself. Whoever's hitting will hit, on, which is, you know, unfortunate, I think, because, you know, people need to get into a rhythm to be able to start hitting. There's gonna, there's not going to be a lot of room for getting out of slumps on this team, I don't think. You know that feeling you have when you're looking at a starting lineup for a team and you go down the lineup and at some point you just get disappointed? Like it, it, start, it hits a certain point and you're like, oh, like you yeah. read the names. The other day, I think it was yesterday's game or I, yeah. I think it was yesterday's it game. I made it all the way to the end. I made it all the way to the end. I've never done that before. I was like, holy shit. I was yeah. like, all these guys are awesome. It's and imagine, so deep. Imagine if it was Rowdy in there instead of Gritchick too. And like uh, Gritchick hit a bomb too. Like Gritchick is still like, he's not an, a bad at bat. He's not like you're your ninth guy you're like oh god or like a, a pitcher and or there was times hitting. last year when grishik was the there was times last year when he was the best hitter on the team yeah yeah exactly the guy texted you yesterday i was like any number of these nine guys could hit in the top of of some other team's order you know and in, in in the pirates order probably grishik would probably clean up i mean he could clean up on this team <laughs> yeah it's not out if of the realm of possibility that he goes on a tear and hits cleanup you know 10 games yeah i doubt that they'll they would move him there i feel like even if he is on a tear i feel like they always like just like leave remember how long they'd leave lourdes guriel last season when he's hitting 300 and hitting a bomb every other game and he's hitting like seventh or eighth they're just like eh, it's where he's where he's good at now Ben like Wagner him. was telling a story about how um, Charlie Montoyo challenged some of the players on the Blue Jays in the clubhouse. He gave them a blank lineup card. He only mentioned that he gave it to Springer, Vladdy, and it wasn't Bo. I was surprised it wasn't Bo. It was Springer, Vladdy, anyway, somebody else. And uh, you had to start with where you're putting your own name, and Springer was like immediately his name right at the top. He wants to lead off. I was really excited to hear that, that it wasn't just like, oh, I'll do this, I could do that, I don't care. It's like, I'm hitting first, I'm setting the table, this is what I want to do, I love that. Interesting. Did they? Did he give any sort of indication of what the rest of it looked like, or is it just, did, no. <laughs> did, he, did he say when, where Vladdy likes, wants to hit? He he was really coy about the Vladdy thing. He was like, let me just say, he, Vladdy put himself in the middle of the lineup. <laughs> And he wouldn't say specifically like where he slotted himself in, but he goes, Vladdy believes that he's a middle of the lineup hitter. And I was like, you're goddamn right he does. <laughs> what are we talking about here? I know. Uh, okay. Do you, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I've, I've come to be cool with uh, George leading off here. Uh, I think it's, it's an interesting thought experiment to imagine what his numbers and how, how many runs extra we might get if... He hit the way he hit leading off with some but, people on base. I don't know. But there's a lot to be said about comfortability. You know, if that's where he wants to hit, if that's where he believes he's the best, then maybe you get the best out of him by putting him there. 
Maybe yeah, there's maybe. just something about being the first guy up that just does something for him. Yeah. I mean, I can that's dig it. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And with this lineup, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Kevin Biggio's at third base when he comes up the second time. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's only once that that for sure he's not coming up with anybody on base. With this yeah. lineup, I'm, I, I, I would expect there's going to be lots of people on base for him to be driving in. Um, anything else you want to touch before we go, David? Nope. Just excited. Excited for the weather change. Excited for these spring training to just move a little quicker along. Let's get March burned off and throw it out. And uh, let's get on to April. And let's uh, let's see how this super spreader Texas game goes. Yeah, let, let's do that. Um, thank you again to all of our, our listeners out there. Um, be sure to follow us. Uh, to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you're just listening to this for the first time, hit the subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. You can also follow us on Twitter at Underdogs Canada. Um, And have a great day.